You are now listening to A Corporate Streets Presentation. Welcome to The Powercast. The Powercast. The Powercast. Welcome to The Corporate Streets Powercast. This is the podcast discussing the 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. And today you have Friendly TJ. And you, this is Friend Zone Jaren. <laughs> and this week we are talking about the 14th law. Pose as a friend. Work as a spy. And Jaren, please hit us with that translation, sir. All right, this one. Uh, uh, it has pretty plain English. We, uh, I believe, we can um, understand. You know, act as a friend, work as a spy, or pose as a friend, work as a spy. So, yeah, it's no pretty clear. This week. Pretty clear English. In a few words from the OG, knowing about your rival is critical. Use spies to gather valuable information that will keep you a step ahead. Better still. Play the spy yourself. In polite social encounters, learn to probe. Ask indirect questions to get people to reveal their weaknesses and intentions. There is no occasion that is not an opportunity for artful spying. (laughs) Artful spying. Bro, I'm going to tell you the truth. Personally, I don't like the use of the word spying. However, artful spying it does make it more classy to say that the spying is artful. Yeah, it, it does make it sound classy. It softens the blow a bit. <laughs> it does. But I had an epiphany, though. Since we are performing an investigation to establish facts and reach new conclusions, I call it research. And that softens it all the way up. <laughs> or, uh, don't they call it what's that is that called um, like reconnaissance <laughs> right exactly reconnaissance that that's that's another word for yeah. it yeah where you just get the you know you get a little bit of information you gain some intel some intelligence yeah. about what's going on <laughs> so the og says that if you arm yourself with a little information your aim improves so you gather information that could put yourself a step ahead. And that's really helpful. If you want to gain power, you have to know where people are going to move, where people are going to go. You have to know what's going on before it happens. And the only way that you're going to be able to see the future is if you have a little bit of knowledge about your situation, about the people around you. You have to do some research, man. It's not luck. Yeah, and... um I've actually I've, I've I have put this into play before, uh, kind of in a big way. You know, of course, I, I mean, I did this without knowing this law, or mm-hmm. at least nobody you know told me this is you know how this works. When I first uh, started uh, wedding photography, uh, well, with wedding photographers, especially of um, you know of, of today's types of uh, wedding photographers, they normally have like a second shooter. Which just basically means there's a second photographer who kind of shoots the things that the main photographer is not going to shoot. 
So okay. they might be <clears throat> working on she, taking pictures of like detailed shots of the um, of the ceremony or of the reception. You know, while the main photographer is taking pictures of, like with the wedding couple or something like that. Okay. And, and so, and I used being a second photographer as a method of kind of lear- uh, learning about the business in general. And so I actually did, um, actually, um, the, my first, the first person I started second shooting for, I actually asked her if I could come to one of her meetings with a couple just so I could see, like, the type of questions she was asking and just how she kind of interacted. And so I um, I got to actually sit there at one of her meetings and watch her interact with this couple for the first time. And I was taking notes and everything. And even till this day, like the notes I took from that meeting, those are like yep. a lot of those are the same questions that I ask every bride that I work with. Really? I used, you know, basically I, I, I posed as a just a worker as a friend, basically just just that's that was interested in learning about the uh you know being about the business and learning about the business but mm-hmm. i mean i took those lessons and applied them to my own which made me you know essentially a competitor i mean there's been a couple of brides that have you know looked at both of us and a couple that's gone with me instead of her <laughs> you know because because <laughs> you stole her style <laughs> A little bit. I mean, and then, even then, <laughs> even with the actual shooting part, you know, our styles were different. But I still learned a lot about the interaction with the couples um, from, you know, just watching her and was watching other people that I second shot for. So, you know, sometimes people, like, they may do a second shooting job and it's just for the sake of, you know, making some money or whatever, I was doing it to like pull knowledge or little information, little pieces from each of these people to put it into my own business. Got it. That makes sense, man. You know, people say that you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. And you have two ears so you can listen more than that one mouth you have, which is used to speak. Right. So when people are talking, you need to sit back, relax, and listen to what's going on instead of being the center of attention and talking all the time because this could be the key to you gaining the information that you need to attain power. And the OG says that artful spying makes you appear to be all-knowing. And it's not, that makes total sense to me simply because if you're listening to what's going on, and you take the information that you hear and you apply it to the next situation or you're able to listen. There are a lot of, you'd be surprised at how many people have conversations. It'd be four or five, six people in a room. And if you stop the conversation at one point and ask everybody what was just said, how many people really aren't listening? But if you're the one that's listening, you appear to be the one that's all knowing. So make sure that you're listening and paying attention, you are listening 
more than you speak. And when I hear the artful spying again, that takes some of the sting off of the word spying. But is spying bad? I mean, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. It really depends on the context, because if somebody's peeping through your window, that's definitely not the moral action to take. However, if you ask questions to gain knowledge about someone or something, I don't think that's really spying at that point. I think that that's research. So what are your thoughts about that? About spying and the use of the word spying and artful spying because people can get hung up on that word yeah i mean like in my situation i didn't i wasn't there with malicious intent you know but i was definitely there with intent of gaining knowledge you know right it wasn't something i was there to you know use what i'm learning against her or against any of these people okay um, well, Which I did. I guess I, I, mean, I, guess I did see things. You kind of was though, though, because like you said, you became her competition at some point, right? To a degree, I mean, only for, but like the the types of people that I was working with, um, weren't really the same types that would have been hiring her anyway. Like her, uh, she she would have actually been booking clients that would have been paying a lot more than than what I was offering. So I wasn't a direct I wasn't direct competition. It's not like we were in the same circles like that. But I mean it kind of came across a couple of times. But it wasn't anything that I think that became a problem. Okay. And so the OG says with artful spying, which I'm going to call research <laughs> to take a little bit of the sting off, but with artful spying no one sees the source of your power and what they cannot see, they cannot fight. That's a quote that makes sense to me simply because you seem to be telling the future based off of what you've seen in the past or what you hear in the present. So it seems like you're all knowing and you seem like the person that's like, wow, how are you getting all this information? How do you know what's going to happen next? And it's because... You're actually just paying attention. How do you know it's going to rain tomorrow? Well, it's humid the day before it normally rains in my region. So when I feel the humidity, I just know it's going to rain tomorrow. People feel like you're all knowing when you predict that. But really, you're just taking the context clues that you've learned over the years past. It's not like your knees start hurting. Right. Your knees, your joints start hurting, right? If you're old enough to know what that's like. Or if your grandma, your grandma dreams about fishes. I mean, somebody about to have a baby. About fish, bro. <laughs> about fish. About the fishes. No, when your grandma dreams about fishes, she knows that somebody's pregnant. Yeah. Right? And you feel like she's all-knowing. How does she know that? Well, her dream told her, man. And if And if people don't know where she got that information from, people can't fight that. You can't fight her dream. Even if you did know they came from her dream, you can't fight that, so. <laughs> oh no you said fishes that is hilarious <laughs> so in the, in the keys to power the og was saying that in the realm of power your goal is a degree of control over the future events but part of that problem is 
that people don't want to tell you their thoughts, emotions, and their plans. People don't want to tell you what's going on. They don't want to tell you what they're trying to do in the future. So it's hard for you to have that control over future events if people aren't just giving you the information to what they want to do, where they want to go, and what they want to be in the future. And that's why you have to listen to them. You have to do that artful spying or get that research. Listen to them because they're willing to tell you what they have going on or what they want to do with their life. It's kind of like, you know, you don't go to an interview and they say, you know, what do you see yourself doing, you know, with the company in 10 years or whatever. And you don't say, you know, I want to have your position. You know, you don't want to tell the the boss that you plan on, you know, moving them out. <laughs> but. <laughs> or maybe you do if you're that confident. Maybe you just tell them, I'm gunning for your job. But staying with the job interview situation, if you knew somebody that just went through a job interview for that position or at that job, what are you naturally going to do? You're going to ask, ask them. them yeah. What kind of questions? What did, did they, they talk you? to you about? Yeah. What kind of questions they ask? That is artful spying. That is research that you're gathering to put you in a position of power. If you knew the questions that they were going to ask, or even the type of questions, you don't even have to know the exact questions. That puts you in a position of power because it allows you to practice for those questions before you actually are asked the questions. So for the kids out there, when you have a calculus test in fifth period, but your homie has one in second period. When you ask them, hey, what was the questions on that test? That's not exactly. cheating. Tell, you tell that teacher, that's not cheating. You are artfully spying. You no, no, no. researching. I'm researching, sir. Come on, man. I'm gathering research. I want to know what happens before it happens. What's wrong with that? I'm just trying to do the best I can do. That's, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do, right? Now, cheating, cheating would be if I'm in the class as a closed book test and I have my book open. That would be cheating. That's not researching at that point because you're taking the test. However, if it's not my turn yet and I know somebody that took the test and I researched and said, well, hey, what kind of questions did they ask? Were they in chapter two or were they in chapter six? Was the majority of the test in chapter five or was it comprehensive? Or I would just be like, could you just write down like the questions? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, how many times how how many times did you remember the actual questions after the test? Nobody remembers the questions. You tell them you tell them to write them down before the fact, you know, before they go take Uh, the test. Got it. So while they're writing down the questions, out of the 25 questions that they have, they only answer 15 because they're writing down each problem before they go solve them. You said now out they of 20 questions? Of you. No. Out of 25 questions, they only are able to answer 15 because they're busy writing down the question for you. And they can't answer them all. Thanks a lot. No, they got to be a lot more efficient. It takes some time. <laughs> but that's definitely not the way it works. You can do it. <laughs> you have to set up a system <laughs> right right you gotta get your system in order so the OG talks about that the trick is to find a way to probe people to find out their secrets and their intentions and the most common way of spying is to use other people so what the OG is saying is that 
you can befriend somebody that's close to the person that you want to gather information from and utilizing their opportunities for conversation with that person. You can use them to be the spy and then you question them later. But the problem is, is that this is risky. You can't control that person that you have spying on the person. So that friend of the friend or that friend of the person you want the information from, when you're using them to be a spy for you, you can't control that person. They might give you up. They might tell that person that you're spying on, hey, man, for some reason, TJ is asking me a lot of questions about you. Okay, wait a minute. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) Y'all going to like this take. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) So, like I'm saying, it's risky because it can blow up in your face. I go asking Jaron a lot of questions about Joe and Jaron can go to Joe and be like, yo, TJ is asking a lot of questions about you, Joe. I don't know what he has going on, but he wants he wants to know a lot about your life. I don't know why he cares what times you go to bed and what time you wake up in the morning and what time you get to work. I have no idea, but he's asking me a lot of questions about you. Okay, so here we go. So I know OGRG normally gives us a reversal, right? And I know that's going right. to be coming up. Yeah. But- I'm going to give you Jaren's reversal. So (laughs) we've all done this. I guarantee it. So you like somebody. There's a girl you like. Okay. And you happen to have a mutual friend. Say it's another girl. So you ask her, hey, so has Jenny ever said anything about me? Does she have a boyfriend? You know, what kind of stuff does she like to do? And here's the reversal. Maybe it's good that that friend goes and tells Jenny that you've been asking about her. Because now Jenny knows that you're interested. And that could, in some cases, that could be um, taking a little power away from you because she knows your intentions. However, Uh if Jenny was also interested in you, that just gave you more power because now she knows that you like her. That okay. is a hot reversal right there. Robert Greene would be proud. <laughs> yeah, well, he did say that the most common way is using another person. He just brought up the fact that it's risky, and I realized the fact that it's risky because, like you said, if you're asking your friend, the mutual friend, and say, hey, has uh, Jenny been asking about me? Does she? Does she have a boyfriend? She can go to that girl and be like, or she can go to Jenny and be like, hey, Jenny, Jaren's asking all these questions about you. I want to know if you got a boyfriend and stuff. Like, I think he's into you. Maybe it's in your favor. Maybe not. Because maybe you didn't want Jenny to know yet. But you can use Jenny or you can use that person to make sure they pass that information to Jenny. So they're That's kind true. of being a double spot for you. That's true. You, and you can actually use that to your advantage. That's true. Yeah. So the OG also says that it's better to be the spy for yourself, secretly gathering information. And what this made me think about is that people love to talk, man. And it, since they love to talk so much, just let them talk. Let people talk. The more that they talk about themselves, the more that they reveal about themselves, the more that, you, or excuse me, the less that you talk about yourself, the less that people know about you, 
the less that people know about you, the less predictable you are. You know and what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think I just said this at least like last week or the week before uh, that people's like their favorite topic to talk about is themselves. You did. You brought that up, and that is true. People want to talk about the achievements they made, the cool thing that they did, the cool thing that they bought. They have to tell somebody about it because it's no good if I did these fantastic things and I can't tell anybody. Absolutely. Yeah. You so. kind of did that to me today. <laughs> did I? You asked me how's my day. I was like, oh, it's cool. You know, we moved. And he was like, well, you know, oh, well, my day, uh, you know, he flexed on me. He was like, uh, yeah, well, we got the stand-up uh, stations and uh, I, won <laughs> I, won a I won a little prize at this thing, you know, you know. Wow, bro! For real, we bringing like personal combos to the podcast, bro. To the podcast, no, just, that's what we do, you know. It, it was, it was. So, uh, so in Jaren's example, I guess I did kind of do that. I asked him how his day was, and as soon as he got done talking, <laughs> I was happy to tell him about how my day was and what's going on at my job. And we just got some uh, stand up. And uh, stand and sit workstations where I can press a button and my desk rises so I can stand up if I want to. And if I press a button, it goes down to regular size so I can sit down and work at the station. And I was excited to tell Jaron about that, apparently. So he sat back and listened and he knew all my business. There you go. (laughs) Because people love to talk. As a matter of fact, we had a company party uh, today. And at the company party... I kind of use this law. I sat back and I listened to people tell me their whole life story and their ambitions. And I do have the power now that I know more about them. And I will remember that information. I don't know if they're going to remember that they told me. But, hey, I have that information in my back pocket now. And And it's not anything. It's not anything that's personal. It's just that I know what people are looking i know what people are looking to do and where they're willing to take their career and what they want to do and what they don't want to do and i can possibly use that information to my advantage in the near future yeah and i don't think it always necessarily has to be the information you're gathering has to be used against them you know i, I think you know we we want to stay positive you know and we always are kind of worried about some of these laws where it kind of seems like there might be some kind of um malicious intent behind it i mean you can you can spy or use this information like at your at your company meeting today to like you said like like to befriend somebody um like i was watching uh old episode of the office and the guy jim he had a new boss and the boss was like uh he heard the boss talking about how he likes soccer and Jim, you know, he said he never he hadn't played soccer since like the second grade, but he was, you know, just to get in with the boss, he told him like, yeah, um, you know, yeah, I'm a big soccer guy, <laughs> you know, but it kind of it kind of backfired on him because the boss was like, okay, let's play after let's play after work, and of course, <laughs> you know, Jim, Jim didn't have a clue, but but it doesn't necessarily have to be used against a person, right? I can use that information at my disposal. So it could even be to help them be in a better position, which also gives me power because I am controlling uh, the situation 
to make it better for myself or for other people. And that's what power is to get people to do what you want them to do, how you want them to do it. So if people told me their ambitions and their intent, I can pass that information along and I can help put them in a better position, which is also a power play for me mm-hmm. because I can gain an ally in that way. If I help somebody get to the next level because I know that's the level that they want to get to, they're going to be happy that I was able to, to help them get to that position. And that makes me an ally at that point. So, so I'm glad you did bring that up. Yeah. And in another case of where someone did that. Um, so uh, Sean Combs, Diddy, Puff Daddy, whatever you want to call him. Well, he kind of did that when he worked for Uptown. You know, that's how he started his his career. He was kind of like a and r or something for for Uptown. Yep. He was developing an artist, you know, these these new people. And eventually, how did he, I think, I don't know if he just quit. But in some he, kind of way, he ended up leaving. And, right, he left. And he started Bad Boy. Right. He, he But he took the things he learned during that time and you know used that to start his own company before him Barry Gordy Barry Gordy is the you know the guy who founded uh Motown well he used to work for the Ford company and mm. the Ford company would do like these um these meetings where you know everybody would come in and they'll determine if something will work or not well, he used that with Motown, and that's how he founded a lot of his groups and figured out what songs going to work and what artists is, uh, were going to work. So he basically collected that information, spied or whatever you want to call it, and he made research. it, you know, a research, and he flipped it um, not only to make himself stronger, but he also, you know, put on other people with that uh, same information so okay and the OG also talked about testing people and setting little traps and I've actually done this before myself I did this with my good friend youngin man I set I set a trap for him and that sounds terrible right but we were good friends in boot camp I was in the marine corps and we were great friends in boot camp once we got out of boot camp he went his way I went mine however we were getting stationed in the same place And when he came, we kept in touch. He needed a little bit of money. So I gave him a little money to get a haircut. I let him hold a few dollars to hold in his pocket to payday. And this was the trap that was set. Is he going to pay me back or am I going to have to hunt him down? What kind of person is this guy going to be? So even though we really hadn't dealt with each other, I gave him this opportunity. And this was a test for me to know is this a true friend or not. And when payday came around, I mean, I didn't have to chase him down. He was knocking on my door early in the morning. He woke me up and he had the money in hand for me. And he was like, yo, I got I got everything that I owe you. Here you go. And I knew from that moment, that little trap that I set to see what kind of person he was going to be. It's like, you know what? I gave this guy some money. He could have ran off. He could have not talked to me. He could have played around with it. But 
he made it. I could have had to ask him for it, but he made it his business. The first thing he did when he got the money back was pay me. And I knew that he was going to be a good guy. And to this day, we're best friends, man. So you can totally do that in your life. Use. This is a tactic that I use all the time. You you just need to pay attention to the present and listen to what people say, how they acted in the past. They're going to give you the information about how they acted in the past. You use that information for how they're going to act in the future. And that example that I just gave is an example of that. I set a trap, and it sounds terrible, but the fact is is that I need to protect myself, right? I need right. to be... I need to, we talked about being defensive. We talked about being uh, naive. And we also talked about being, what was the other word we used? Was it cautious? Yeah, I think it's being cautious. Yeah. So I was just being cautious and just protecting myself. And so I set a trap for my own protection. And he made good on his end of the bargain. And here we are. And we're still friends today. So that's that. Now, the OG, you know how he is, he has that reversal. He says that you have to be prepared. That was a reversal. Be prepared for people to be spying on you. So you need to be careful of the information that you divulge because people might be researching you just as you're researching them. Yep. Um, Again, photography. So when I would have a second shooter, I gave them nothing. Like I wouldn't let nobody come to my (laughs) meetings and stuff like that. Because I know what? how I was. <laughs> and so I didn't want anybody to do the same thing. So I was Yo, what, where's the teaching? What, why don't you pass it on? Somebody pass it on to you, bro. Well, <laughs> you going to okay, shut it down. Okay, so I didn't have a problem sharing information if that person proved that they were actually seeking knowledge. Like they wanted to learn. Okay. Not just shortcut their way to something. Ah, still, so, still, all your information and shortcut right. their way to the top. Right. Okay, that's fair. So I'm with that, and uh, I think we covered that law pretty good, man. We gave numerous examples, and we talked about the reversal. Just be careful. So if you're that talkative person, know that there's somebody out there that's researching you and what you want to do and how you want to do it. And the OG talked about we need to be unpredictable. Because there's no power in being predictable. If I know exactly what you're going to do and how you're going to do it, you don't have power. Because I know you before you know you. I know the outcome before the action even takes place. So watch the information that you're divulging to people. Don't give up too much information because they could be researching you. And they could use it against you or they could use it for you or, you know, whatever the case may be. So. And be careful here, of that. And here's the power cast first. Um, I have a uh, translation for the reversal. Okay. Loose lips sh- sink ships. <laughs> know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. All right, guys. And so this has been another episode of the Corporate Streets Power Cast. Oh, yeah. And um, also be sure to not only support us because we, we are your guys, but also support Robert Green, the OG, Robert Green, OGRG, make sure you actually copy a copy of um, the 48 Laws of Power so you can get a hard copy or you can get the um, audio book like I'm listening to or you can get both. 
Show support. He needs the money. Okay. And and you know what? You might be thinking, well, if I have you guys, why do I need Robert Green? And if I have Robert Green, why do I need you guys? But you know what? When you go and get that coffee, that hot, that piping hot cup of coffee, you got to add your sugar and your cream. You know what? Robert Green is the coffee. We're the sugar, the cream, the syrup, whatever additives you add to that coffee. We compliment what Robert Green is doing. And, uh, you know, we just add some flavor. That's what we do. So you need Absolutely. both of us. You need us. <laughs> and it's also a good gift. You might um, get, get somebody else a copy of, of the book. All right. Right. We're in the Christmas season. Go for it. No, I was I I intentionally avoided saying Christmas because I didn't want. <laughs> you ruined my my thing. All right, man. I can cut it out, bro. I can cut it out. All right. So <laughs> make sure if you have any questions, you want to talk about this law, you can reach out to us um, by email the corporate streets with a Z at z at gmail dot com. The corporate streets at gmail dot com. Um, we are on Facebook, the Corporate Streets Podcast. We are on the Twitters. At, um, at Corp Streets. <laughs> oh man, bro. Yeah, the Twitters. We be You're tweaking. old man, bro. The Twitters. Come on, man. <laughs> and next week on the next show, we have a Law 15, and that one is crush your enemy totally. Oh yeah, crush him. So no that's, mercy. That's that's going to be fun to flip that uh, and try to make that positive. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything positive about that. By the way, uh, this one's running a little bit over the thirty minutes. Sorry, not sorry. We had to get we had to explain what was going on here. So I'm not cutting it down. I'm just telling you that now. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm not cutting it down. That's okay. It's going to be less than forty minutes though. So here and wrap this up, Jaron Dog. Come on, man. All right, guys. Well, you have been listening to the Corporate Streets Powercast, and this is the podcast for people. Uh, see, now I feel like this one will work better for next week. I'm going to go with it anyway. Those that cross thy creator shall be destroyed by the creator. 36 Mafia 6661. Bro, I said speed it up. And you slowed all of your talking down. What are you doing, bro? I just wanted to say that the quote. We're over the 30 minute mark, man. I'm not cutting it off. I'm not I'm not editing, bro. This isn't helping at all. (laughs) Peace. your life, attain your goals. Thank you for listening to the Corporate Street, the Corporate Street, the Corporate Street, Street. Street. Powercast, 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 Powercast.